So, welcome to Big Jim's Garage here, B-Pod Studios. We're talking about gearheads this morning who go fast. One thing the pandemic has done is gives the ability to drive across the country quickly. Here they are, the Daves. I love this band. Oh, they passed. The Cannonball Run. We love the movie. You're a gearhead more than likely if you're listening to this podcast. And recently there's been this rash of record-breaking. The guy in the Mustang who ripped out all the seats and went from New York to L.A. When I say all the seats, he, it was just him. He had a hundred-something gallons of gas in there, just these plastic tanks he had rigged up. And he made it in just under 26 hours. So 25 hours and 50 minutes. So we're all like, well, that's as good as it gets. <laughs> Doug Tabbitt's one of the guys of three men who took an Audi S6 and made it in 25 and a half hours. That's 2,800 miles. Their average speed, 112. Their top speed, well, we'll talk to Doug about that, too. I don't know if that's as good as it can get, but damn. If you're averaging 112 miles an hour with gas stops across the country, how do you get... We'll talk with him about this, but Doug Tabbitt here going to join us inside Big Jim's garage. You can grab him here. Talking about going fast, cannonballing across the U.S. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who uh, doesn't know the word of bathroom break, Doug Tabbitt, joining us this morning. How are you, bud? I'm doing great, Jim. How are you? Are you nuts? Uh, I joke I'm nuts for sticks. I like uh, manual (laughs) transmission cars, but I'm not entirely nuts. So to make this run for people that don't know what you guys did just breaking eclipsing the cannonball run record from new york to la tell everybody what you did your average speed and top speed uh well to quote dan gurney from the original cannonball in 71 at no point do we exceed 175 miles an hour and our average uh moving speed was 112 miles an hour and including gas stops and everything our overall average was a hundred. So now, how many people do you have scouting for you as you're as you're making this run from New York to LA? Uh, we had about thirty five scouts running ahead of us in vehicles. Thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. So you you had them laid out strategically across the country with your path. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Now, there's one in the video we're watching for folks that are listening to this keyword garage. We'll send you the link right there. Um, I you see the car? You guys had someone kind of take a fall for you and distract those pennsylvania state troopers that happened twice didn't it that happened twice actually with the same guy yeah we had passed him and shortly after came up behind a state trooper rolling westbound and uh so we frantically called him and said hey (laughs) come up and and uh see if you can distract the trooper and um he ascertained that he was about to get off at the exit because he knows that the the area and the troopers patrol so we blew by him again, and then three minutes later got stuck behind another one, called him up, said, all right, try again. <laughs> and right as he was about to pass the trooper to try to bait him, the trooper turned around in the medium. So we passed the guy once more and thankfully didn't have to call him again. So, um, Doug, how much has Waze helped? Or is, is that simplistic just for us as regular daily drivers? Does Waze change sure. doing this trip? Um, it's it's kind of like a modern replacement to a CB radio. Um, 15, 20 years ago, CB radio was actually far more advantageous than Waze because it was a real-time notification of what cops were doing, including if they were you know, driving 
you know, Waze can only report stationary uh, threats, and it's only as good as the people who are using it. So it is helpful. It's not the be-all, end-all. Um, but we do use an app that's for Android phones called Highway Radar that is way better than Waze. It essentially scrapes Waze and um, does what every true cannonball or wishes Waze would do for them. And so that one's quite a bit more reliable, and that one's kind of a game changer. So uh, we've always heard the story, though, the one thing you do not want to do is irritate the truck drivers, right? Um, right. So how did you guys – what did you do different on this trip, or are you just going so fast you're blowing right by them? <laughs> uh, yes and yes. Um, truckers don't like surprises. Uh, they don't necessarily mind speed, but they don't like to be passed on the right or cut off or anything that would make them – have to make adjustments. And that's kind of our general rule with anybody is we don't want to uh, upset anyone or cause anyone else to have to change their trajectory. So we want to essentially run without impact to other people. And and that's easier said than done, though. Uh, yes and no. I mean, we're we're picking times, especially during the quarantine, that uh, there's minimal traffic, so we have to essentially uh, cross paths with as few drivers as possible. We're driving as much at night as we can, and we are pretty darn cautious. I mean, it's, a lot of people think a cannonball is like they see on the movies with passing on the shoulders and running from cops and all that, but it's actually pretty undramatic. Well, I mean, but now when you're running at night, are you running headlights on? Are you using any, yep. any special equipment then? What was, what was, or you're just going? Sure. We have a thermal camera to help uh, spot animals and vehicles farther ahead. Um, we're also using binoculars, um, but we're just running with headlights. I mean, headlight technology today is so incredible. Back in the day, you'd see these huge CB rally lights on the front of the cannonball cars because their headlight technology was terrible. Uh, but now, I mean, Xenon, uh, by Xenon headlights are good enough. So I was thinking about the, uh, so if you had anything that goes on, the hairiest thing I've ever heard in one of these runs was the guy that, I think it was U.S. Express, one of the guys actually got out of the car, was a Pantera, and was working on some of the electrical while they were driving. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was Mike DeJonas' team. Those yep. guys were absolutely nuts. I think they had 12 traffic stops uh, on their run, and they still won the race. <laughs> and a guy climbing out. Those are gullwing doors, too, climbing out and working on it as they're heading down the road. Were there any – obviously, was this a seamless – is this as good – I guess my question is, Doug, is this as good as you guys can do? Or is there more more to be found somewhere else? <laughs> I, that's a question that's often asked and a reasonable question. Uh, racing, there's always what ifs, but true endurance racers, uh, whether it's on the, the racetrack or on the, the street, have to throw those what ifs out. Because for every time you could say, well, there's 10 minutes here, five minutes there, you can say, well, what if something else happened that delayed us? How many what ifs are there that we don't know about that didn't cost us time? So, Theoretically, there's always time left on the table, but in reality, uh, trying to exploit those last few minutes is much harder because then you encounter other delays. 
That's the 200 mile theory. You know, you get a car up to 200 miles an hour, and then to get over that with it, it's always harder than people realize, right? I mean, that those those mm-hmm. last couple miles an hour are always the hardest ones to get. I'd assume it's the same thing when you're doing this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So the Audi S S six itself. I know you 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 got 175. Um, was there any point that we, we know about Corvettes, they have stability that they, they kind of, you know, they shake to give you a warning a little bit. Does the car, did that car do anything like that at any, any speeds? Uh, at about 159 ish, uh, there was a, uh, not designed <laughs> vibration. It, it was, uh, it was like the car had tinnitus, um, in the doors, um, just from the wind, I guess. So it was, I guess, a little better once you passed uh, maybe 170, but it was it was super annoying. So most of the time we were keeping it below that 160 mark. Wow. Um, and then how much of the driving did you do? Uh, I drove three of the five shifts. So um, there you go, three-fifths of, of the driving. And then when you're done with this, two things. Uh, have law enforcement officials reached out at all to you guys? Uh, <clears throat> off the record, yeah. Okay. To congratulate me. I got pulled over the other night, and the guy's like, oh, great run, guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, most, uh, you know, not to open a can of worms, but, uh, you know, with the whole, with, with everything that's going on now with support and, um non-support of the police it really comes down to uh i I guess the majority i think most cops are good cops and most good cops are car guys and and they have uh, a genuine appreciation for stuff like that they're not uptight um ticket pushers so most cops think this is cool as long as it's done safely um and so that's Usually the feedback we get is they all remember the old cannonball. And as much as they might like to be the guy who, you know, can catch a cannonballer uh, deep down their car guys, motorheads, and they think it's great. By the way, I've already recast Cannonball Run. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is going to play um, Burt Reynolds' part. Either Zach Galifianakis or Jack Black as, as Dom DeLuise. And then Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> in the Farrah Fawcett role. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, uh, that would be a good one. Now, wouldn't it be fun, though, and I know you appreciate this, obviously, Doug, wouldn't it be fun to take one more run across the country in Hal Needham's uh, ambulance? Uh, that may happen. Uh, a good really? friend of ours has built a perfect replica of the Transcon Medevac, and he actually had it up at, uh, we had a Cars and Coffee on Saturday in Cleveland, and he had it up here, and we were running across Cleveland in all our cannonball cars, he was running with uh, lights on, and it felt like an original cannonball for about 20 minutes. So it, it's very possible that uh, um, we'll do a run next year, uh, kind of a tribute or anniversary run, and, and the ambulance will uh, will make it. And I'd very much like to be on the roster to be in, in that car for, for historical sake. Hey, I'm convinced Alex Roy's got some people behind him, and they're, they're, they're contemplating a remake of that movie. <laughs> he's got the money for it yeah I, I a lot of people have talked about different documentaries and and you know a remake of that money uh, of that movie so it's it's very possible 
So, Doug, last question. If if law enforcement officials weren't a problem, if traffic wasn't a problem, if we gave you an open path from New York to L.A., what car are you taking? Uh, that is a great question and one that we debate all the time. So um, am I being I simplistic like by saying like 11 turbo? OK, it doesn't get good enough gas mileage and you can't have enough fuel capacity on board. Um, a Corvette ZR1 would also be a great choice if you could put enough fuel in the back because it gets incredible gas mileage and it's great at cruising at, at very high speeds. Um, but most people go for something like, you know, E63 AMG, which we've used, um, S63, uh, Panamera Turbo S, any essentially medium to large body uh, German super sedan is, is kind of the tried and true recipe. You know the one I keep thinking would work? A Holden Ute. Yeah, yeah. Well, we thought, um, aside from the Holden Ute, and I see where you go with that because you could put a big fuel tank yeah. in the uh, in the bed. Right, it's an El Camino um, on steroids. We thought, yeah, yeah Chevy SS. Um, it, it's, a, it's a Holden uh, chassis car, but uh, badged as a Chevy. And, you know, if you tune that up quite a bit i think that would be a serious contender that's the american equivalent to the german super sedan yeah yeah it was the holden commodore wasn't it yes yeah yeah great car great platform it's a shame that that didn't catch here i don't think people understood what they were getting when pontiac brought like even when they brought out the um you know the the g8 and then you also had uh the gto with some of that holden underpinnings those were beast of cars Mm -hmm. yeah man absolutely Doug, you're awesome, dude. Doug Tabbitt um, has made it across the country, cannonballed it in under 26 hours, holds the record. Have you talked to the guy who did it on his own with the Mustang? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're great friends. Um, My family lives in the same small county as he does up in Maine, and I grew up there, so we have a lot of affinity um, being fellow Mainez, and uh, um, we're, we're good friends. That one is startling that he did that. That one is that that's that's that 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 was I was going to say crazy, but it's not because he knew what he was doing. But damn, that's a lot. It's it's impressive. I have great respect for anybody that can do a solo run, regardless of how fast. Um, When God created certain people, there was a few that he made with the ability to drive solo and that is not me. <laughs> I, I need a team. I need to sh- get a little shut eye, even if it's 10 minutes. And man, those solo guys are nuts. But wasn't they, there a guy, they are the, a, an absolute different breed. Yeah. Wasn't there a guy that rode his motorcycle in the U.S. Express cross country on his own? Yeah. He, he ran, I think, the Cannonball and all three U.S. Express races. I mean, he, he did it like four <laughs> or five times. And he said he never stopped for a bathroom break. He just kept going. Yeah, that's that's insane. Some of that may be exaggeration, but uh, you know, it's like how big was a fish you caught? But right. <laughs> he yeah. he is nuts. I'd never do that. Well, you're part of history there, Doug. You should be. You guys, congratulations to everybody, man. And it's a wonderful story, and you tell it well, man. So, Doug, let's stay in touch. I'm I'm trying to figure out a road trip here from our radio station in Detroit. I want to go to uh, Winslow, Arizona, in honor of Glenn Fry's birthday. Uh, standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, go. the Eagles song. It tells me 27 mm-hmm. hours if I obey all posted speed limits. <laughs> 
Well, well, the the uh, the key is consistency. Okay. So it's not so much keeping your foot down, uh, but it's it's being able to run, plan out your stops, and uh, just keep moving. Just like any endurance racing, it's about being out there and and moving as much as possible. And you'd be surprised how much time you can make up uh, just by not having superfluous stops. You man. All right. Hey, Doug, thank you so much for the time, man. This was really a great interview. You're awesome. Let's stay in touch, okay? All right. Thank you, Jim. Wrapping it up here, Big Jim's Podcast. You can always subscribe to B-Pod Studios, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a couple little quick notes. Things to watch for. Uh, not so much racing, but in automotive in general. Um, here in Detroit, where we record this, uh, Ford was showing off something that's a valet mode. If you haven't seen this, this tech's been around for a couple of years from other companies. It's just the first time that I've seen one of the major manufacturers show it off. You go to the mall, you get out of your car, you press a button on your phone, on your app, the car goes and parks itself. Then when you're ready to go, you walk up to your little valet zone, you press the button, the car comes from a parking space somewhere and comes right back. How cool is that? And I've I've seen the technology firsthand. It works. It works. It's just a question of whether or not they want to implement it. Other ideas would be um, you need gas in the car. You hit a button, you send the car up, and it goes and fills up with gas. And even the valet one that they have, the the platform, what's cool about it is if you've got an electric car, a hybrid, it will find the hybrid spots, and they figured out how with these charging plates, it'll charge itself. And then when it's fully charged, it'll move somewhere else so someone else can use it. I'm telling you, dude, the stuff's coming quick. Go look at what BMW is doing. They've got keyless cars now. No key fob, nothing. Everything works off the, off the phone. You want to let your friend borrow your car? You have a code you send to their phone, and they can drive your car. No one's going to hack that, right? No. No. lot going on, dude. All right, it's Big Jim's Garage. Uh, we're out of here. You guys, thanks so much for listening, checking out the podcast every week. Hit me up on Twitter at WCSXGym. Again, subscribe, Beepon Studios, wherever you catch your podcasts, and uh, drive safely. Unlike the Cannonball Run guys that we talked to.